There's a reason more pros choose redneck blinds over any other blind on the market. Combining amazing quietness, scent control, and usability features, you have the ultimate hunting blind. Give them a call or check them out online at redneckblinds.com. Dakota Silence, we're embracing better. Our focuses, revolutionary concealment, extreme silence, enhanced thermal efficiency, purpose-driven functionality. Unheard, unnoticed, uncompromised. You're listening to the Outdoor Podcast, proudly presented by Six Hour and created by Bowhunter Planet. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to the Outdoor Podcast. It is myself hosting tonight, Tim Mazzarana, along with David Thomas, as always. And uh, tonight we welcome special guest, Zach Smith. Now, Zach Smith is the uh, brand manager for Schrade. And so today we're going to talk about all things sharp and pokey, um, which is going to be fun because I like sharp and pokey things. Um, I, I have, my wife will actually tell you if, if, if she ever got on one of these podcasts, um, she yells at me all the time because I have just um, a cabinet full of different blades. Um, I like collecting them. I like buying them. They're really cool. Um, I got a bunch of straight in there. Absolutely for sure. Um, so I can't wait to kind of dig in and uh, talk about the lineup that you guys have for all the different uh, knives that you guys uh, run and not just knives. You guys have axes and all that stuff. Uh, but Zach, if you don't mind, you know, I, I wanted to kind of start off with a little bit of the basics of different uh, knife, and I might be saying this wrong, but different knife types or different knife styles that you guys offer and kind of the differences between those, if you will. And then I want to talk a little bit more in depth about like specifically what we'd be using for hunting and different different ones that you guys offer for those types of scenarios. So can you start out by just walking us through the knife basics? Yeah, uh, for sure. So um, I think one of the easiest places to start would probably be blade shapes. So um, one thing we do offer is just a variety of blade shapes for a variety of, you know, different uh, tasks that you may find yourself in, whether that be hunting, everyday carry, um, you know, kind of an outdoor lifestyle. We do have blades that are kind of tailored to those specific tasks. tasks. So um, where a tanto blade um, would be more tactical um, a drop point would be a little more suitable for hunting uh, and everyday carry. Um, a utility blade, as in such as like a raise, uh, replaceable razor blade, kind of that would be more for um, you know everyday cutting where you don't want to dent up your blade if you're doing some hard tasks where you can just pop that blade out, put another one in, and not have to worry about ruining a good knife. Um, all the way down to the handle where. Um, you know, you might look at some hunting knives and you may see a skeletonized handle that um, kind of keeps the lightweight mentality in mind where we're trying to um, offer a lightweight knife. Um, we also will have handle scales on both sides that could be in any uh, material. You know, we have anything from G10 to carbon fiber um, to rubber to aluminum to, I mean, all the way down the line. We kind of just have a good mix of everything. And that's kind of what we wanted to do as we uh, relaunched the historic brand of Shrade. Awesome. So can you talk to us about, you know, you guys have a big lineup here. Talk to us about the different categories. <clears throat> Talked a little bit about with that, with the shapes, right? Um, Tonto versus some of the other shapes that might be more for the hunting lineup. Uh, but specifically around that, that hunting lineup, what do you guys offer 
um, for the hunter? And, and is it, is it, um, are we getting into gut? Like, do you guys have gutting knives? Get run, run me through your hunting lineup. Yeah, for sure. Um, so where we kind of took the direction of hunting for trade was, uh, trying to modernize what we have. So, um, if you go to trade.com, you can go under the shop tab. There's a hunt section. So that'll kind of filter what we deem as hunting knives, just kind of an easier way for people to find things. Um, that's where you'll see a big drop point blade. You'll see a caper blade. Um, you will see some replaceable blades, which uh, I'm pretty excited to talk to you guys about. Um, you will see some gut hooks as well. Uh, really just a wide range to kind of handle all the, the steps in processing from, from A to Z. Obviously, there's a lot of them. You don't need uh, a particular blade necessarily for each, but um, they do make it easier, obviously, where if you have a gut hook, you can kind of open the cavity up a little bit easier, get the get the cuts going um, to where if you have a caping knife, you can really get in those fine areas and not worry about having, uh, you know, poking anything you don't want to poke and having that uh, rancid smell going wild. So um, really just um, kind of trying to combine each not only blade shape, but size and style, um, just to make the processing a little easier. Cause obviously we all know shooting, the, shooting a deer, elk, whatever it may be, that's, that's the fun part. The, the work really starts afterwards. So, um, that's kind of what, what we've done at straight is built out a wide range of knives and tools, both, you know, we have bone saws as well, where you can kind of go through the, the sternum. Um, so really, um, just a, a wide range of, of products that are going to help you get from point A to Z in the processing world. I'm actually really glad that you mentioned that bone saw because um, the bone saw is something that I've used for, I don't know, six years now. And uh, it is a lifesaver. And I know you mentioned that the going through the, uh, the sternum, uh, but what I love to use it for uh, when, when I'm doing white-tailed deer is that hip bone in the back, the pelvis bone. Yeah. Um, trying to get that, that, uh, that urine, that urine track out and the, and the poo track, if you will, out, <laughs> um, without, without hitting or breaking anything in there to make it a mess. That bone saw is an absolute time saver, number one, um, but just makes it so easy to just cut through that hip bone. So that, that, the, the bone saw to me is a mandatory to have in everybody's hunting kit if you're doing whitetail or other big game like that for sure. So I'm glad that you mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. That. I also like it's that kind of one of those things. one, smaller one. Yeah, just for that one thing. Yeah, just quick. kind of a little bit of variety for sure. Is that was the uh, the thought process in that? I always tell people the bone saw is uh, something you don't really know you need until you use it one time, and then you're like, why have I not been using this for my whole life? This, you got you know, it. It makes yeah. it so much easier. Yep. Yep. And you, you know how many times you, you do that hatchet, and you're trying to chip that bone away, you're trying to break the hips, and it's just not working. And uh, one year I tried yeah. it, and, and it was literally, I, I want to say it, it took, uh, it takes on average like 20, 25 seconds with a bone saw to cut through that. that oh, yeah, it just makes bad. it so easy. Yeah. So easy, especially because yeah. you've got that dull super, point, so you're not cutting into anything underneath of it. Yeah, it's a um, it's a super useful tool, and um, I obviously found use for it a lot. I'm I'm a big whitetail hunter in the Midwest. Um, I I make it out west when I can. It's pretty rare, but um, I know for whitetail, I've gotten great use out of it. And um, I think the one that really stood out to me was turkey. Um, whenever I was cutting the legs off to 
you know, keep the uh, spurs and feet, you know, oh, yeah. to make them out. I had yeah. always used a knife on the on the joint, and it was just a it wasn't safe, and b it was really hard, and c you know you're really denting up uh, and chipping the edge of your blade, uh, which could be fixed obviously when you sharpen it, but you know you can kind of just remove that step of having to resharpen um, your blade. You can just get that bone saw in there and just cut it right off. So that was a, that's when it really sank in for me. It was like, man, you gotta, you gotta have a bone saw on you at all times. That's a great tip. I'm going to have to try that with my next Turkey for sure. Cause I was the same way. I, I bend, bend the joint and then try to get my blade in there to cut out, cut all the cartilage and everything holding it together to get it out um, and just use a little brunt, blunt force. But uh, no, that that's a great idea to use a bone saw on that. Yeah, it worked out pretty well. I was I was happy with it. <laughs> so let's yeah, talk but... through the let's talk through the uh, the basics here. I, I just because what I'm thinking in my mind is I'm looking at the knives, the isolate concept to me. So you have this extremely sharp uh, knife that allows you to exchange or change out the blade, which is awesome, of course. Um, let's talk about the use for that. So, like for instance, you know, when I was hunting pigs uh, a few years back we tried to, you know, gut a pig with a knife and, and we did it, but it was really hard work. And the guy told me, he's like, you guys are crazy. I just use a, a razor blade. And that's why I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, thin, but I, I'm assuming it ha- would have its purpose. So my point being, if I was using this on a deer, I could definitely gut the deer down, you know, down the cut, but I wouldn't be able to break through the, the breastbone or the, the, obviously the pelvic bone at the bottom that we talked about with the, with the, with the, uh, saw thank you sorry anyway so my thought my question is what i use this can i use this isolate to do most of that work and then just flip to that saw for the other two pieces yeah absolutely so um what what you're looking at right now on the site is the enrage series so um there's also a tab up top if you guys want to click on enrage and you can kind of just browse through uh what that lineup offers so um it all kind of started about a year ago at the ATA show where uh, we were in talks with Rage Broadheads and this idea came about um, of kind of incorporating their broadhead technology into um, obviously, you know, they make great broadheads. They've done it forever. They've kind of been the industry leader in, in broadheads. Ever since I can remember when I was growing up, I just remember seeing Rage everywhere and uh, still do to this day. So obviously they've done a great job and um, we've made knives for a really long time. So this collaboration kind of came about of bringing uh, the technology from range broadheads and kind of incorporating it with some technology of straight knives. So that's where this lineup came. And yeah, to your point, you know, you can really do about anything. The only thing I will say is like, obviously these blades are replaceable um, and they're a little flexible because they're thin and that's why they're so sharp. So any, you know, if you're going trying to go through any big bone, that's just not what the, that's not what it's intended for. Um, it's more intended for cutting, skinning, um, things like that, rather than trying to break through any, any hard bones. That's where you're going to kind of run into some issues. But, um, I think the idea of the replaceable blade as well is just to, um, like you can really put these things to the ringer. And as soon as it's done, our, our tagline with this is never sharpen again. Um, so all you do is pop it in the, uh, uh, removable blade case that it comes with you'll pop the blade off and then the flip side of that case has an additional storage for the blades where you'll just pop another one on so um, the idea is when you're out there you're cutting through uh, maybe you've used it a couple times and by the time you know three or four times you know through the processing circuit you got to switch the blade out 
um, that's something that you can do very easily. That's not um, dangerous like some other ones on the market right now. That case makes it really easy, but um, just the idea of not having to sharpen your knife and always having that that razor sharp blade on you is is how this kind of came about. And um, we we showed it at ATA and we'll kind of fully be launching it this fall with Rage and um, we're super excited about about that line of product. Is there any uh, specifics to the design on the backside? Is that just for looks? Those two that like two little divots, I guess, or is there something specific? To yeah. That? So no. So it's it's really uh, just you know the DNA of Rage Broadheads is kind of how that came about. It kind of kind of um, that's how we wanted to tie in the fact that we were we were working with Rage on this one, and um, you know that's that's how that came about was just kind of following the design aesthetics of of their broadheads. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I was just curious because I wasn't sure if that's like a place to put your finger or something. You know what I mean? That's why I just want to make sure that that's what that was. And I assume that, but I just, you know, yeah, better, better to clarify. Yep. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it comes with six blades, right? And then it's going to come with the, the, the seath. Uh, is it seath? Did I say that right? The sheath. 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 Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while um and then uh and then you like you said you can swap the blades so that's really cool and then if i when i'm out of blades i assume i can just buy them on here as well right yeah so those will be for sale uh, another six pack will run you like 11.99 so that'll kind of you know i put them through the test this fall obviously um there's just a lot of hunts that we do throughout all the other brands in the portfolio at american outdoor brands so i wanted to make sure that these were used on each and every one and um I, for me personally, think three deer, um, couple turkey, and just helping other people cut deer too. So I don't even know if I could put a number on it, but um, I didn't even make it through six blades this year. So they seem to hold their edge really well, which is awesome. Um, kind of that Rage Broadhead technology coming into play, holding the edge and um, yeah. very durable as well. Yeah, it looks like uh, Tim had to cut out for just a second. So he'll be back in a minute. But in the meantime, uh, you know, let's talk about Schrade as a whole real quick. Um, tell me a little bit about the history of the brand. Is, is this something that's been with your uh, out your group the whole time, or did you guys acquire Schrade? Or I guess what what's the history there? Yeah, so we acquired Schrade in um, 2016, I believe. This was even before I was here. Um, but the history of Schrade dates back to 1904. That's when it started. So it's a very, uh, it's, it's got a very rich history in America. Um, the founder of Schrade is George Schrade, and he secured the first patent on a push button automatic knife. So any push button automatic that you see, kind of that's where the idea came from. And that's where the first patent was secured all the way back in 1892, which is pretty crazy to think about because that's uh, some pretty unique technology. Um, so to be so far ahead of his time all the way back then is is pretty cool. Um, and that kind of carried into when the brand started in 1904. That's kind of how he built his name in the industry. Um, the brand really took off in the early 1900s, all the way through the 50s and 60s, um, where, you know, in the early 1900s, they were really known for um, everyday carry type stuff and, and automatic knives, like I mentioned. And, you know, into the 50s and 60s is kind of where they um, worked their way into more hunting knives. So when you look back um, as a whole, you'll see that Strait has kind of had a, uh, their hand in a little bit of everything over time. Um, and then in the late 1900s, so um, 
really not all that long ago. Um, Schrade sold to another company. A lot of the manufacturing went overseas. So you had, you know, this brand that was very historic in the U.S. that kind of lost its way for a while, um, all the way up until we acquired it in 2016. When we acquired it in 2016, we started the rebrand process, which um, entailed really modernizing a lot of the lines, increasing the blade steel, increasing um, handle materials, um, branching out. Now you'll see where, where in the last um, 20 years, you would see uh, straight knives at $24.99 or less. Um, we've really upgraded our material that we use, both in blade steel and handle material, and we've kind of branched our lineup Still, you know, we still have some stuff that's $19.99 for sure, but um, now you'll see things all the way up to $249.99 um, that are made in the USA. So it was a pretty big deal for us in 2022 when we relaunched the brand. Uh, we were back in the USA for the first time in over 20 years, which uh, obviously means a lot to the knife industry and means a lot to us as well, just with the deep history within trade. Um, I know it's you know, with the, within these walls here, it means a lot to us that, you know, we were the ones to kind of bring some production back to the U.S. for one of the longest lasting companies um, really in, in uh, the U.S. in cutlery history. So it's been awesome. That is a, uh, it's a great point because I, I, I know, you know, I'm a blade enthusiast and, and I know everybody else that I know that is as well. They care about that. They really do, um, you know, being, being made in the USA. And, you know, I think part of it is, is just that um, the image of quality, right? I absolutely think that blades made in the U.S. have a better quality than I get for, for being made overseas or anywhere else. So are we talking about um, Japan here, yeah. though? What's that? <laughs> are we talking about Japan? Don't they, aren't they home of the samurai? Yeah, but you know, we have a huge steel industry here. We have a huge I'm metal just... early industry here. And I, you know, I, I just, I do think that there is quality built into American products. And I, I think for you guys to bring that back, um, number one makes a lot of sense just from a branding perspective, but that just plays into the, the quality perspective of, of it as well. Um, you guys have some really, really nice blades out there. And that, that enrage that we were talking about with that replaceable blade, um, I'm going to get my hands on one of those as soon as I, as soon as I can, because th those are my style. I love those things. The, the replaceable blades, um, I've never had a sharper knife than that enrage or that enrage style type of blade in my life. So yeah. really, really good yeah, stuff. It definitely makes cutting a lot easier. Um, those yeah. thin replaceable blades are just, they seem to cut, um, really, really well, which is awesome. And then, you know, obviously whenever their time comes and they, you know, they dole out on you, you just pop it off and you put a new one on. So, um, but, you know, to your point of being back in the USA, it's definitely exciting for us. It's been a while since we've been here. So we, we understand the, the hurdles and barriers in our way and the perception that we have to overcome with a lot of people. Um, Cause for a while, uh, Schrade's soul was kind of sold um, to what people had seen, you know, throughout, um, their entire lives. So us trying to come back, it's been, um, it's been challenging, but it's been a fun challenge. And I know everyone, you know, within the walls here is, is really excited about it. And uh, also just eager to continue down that road. Um, obviously everything we have, you know, you'll see some things for um, $19.99, $25.99. Um, I always joke with people, it's like everyone wants made in the USA knives, but you know, then you, then you slap the, the price tag in front of them and they're like, Oh, I don't, I don't know. That's too expensive. Well, it's like, 
that's where we really wanted to make sure that we had a wide offering. You know, we still have inexpensive stuff for someone who just wants, whether it's a budget hunting knife, a budget everyday carry knife, um, something that they don't have to invest a lot of money in, they can get, it's going to work great for them. It's a great knife. Um, but if they do want to take that step upward to made in the USA with um, better quality steel and better quality handle materials, we have that option as well. So that's awesome. really just trying to be as well-rounded as possible. Exactly. Well, you Sorry. heard it here, everybody. Schrade making <laughs> blades better again. I have to. I just want to say sorry. Tim, Tim doesn't. Tim doesn't know you actually already sent him one of those knives. He doesn't know because he hasn't been in the studio in, in too long. Oh, what? It's just sitting there waiting for you. What? All I right, well, we are. You for the, the next couple of days. Yeah, no, I'm there. Got I'm your name there. on it, Tim. Yeah, it's just sitting there waiting for you. I was like, wait a minute. It's oh man. Waiting. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's awesome. I got the blade <laughs> yeah, you're in the studio. They're pretty cool. We have yeah. to talk about this cool design on this axe, this backdraft. This is like one of the coolest looking things I've seen in a long time um what is the yeah, inspiration behind yeah. that like that just looks like something i don't even know it's unbelievable it's hard to honestly put words around i mean it is um it's interesting to say the least so there's kind of two sharp sides obviously the the flat side um and then the uh angled side on the bottom those are both going to be sharpened but um one of the fun things you know with um, this whole rebrand and just kind of the way that this company is structured. Um, we had a graphic designer who was a huge knife enthusiast and a tool enthusiast, obviously, but he was um, a graphic designer at the time and he would actually just start mocking stuff up um, throughout this whole rebrand because we had, um, I think we went from like 220 SKUs basically to zero. We got rid of everything that was old with the exception of you know, probably 20 or 30 that um, people liked from us where we gave them better steel. But um, out of those 20 or 30, we still have, you know, 80 others that are brand new designs. Um, so that's where he kind of had the opportunity to move from graphic designer uh, up to product designer and engineer. So um, I think I would need him on here to get the full story on how this product came about. But it's definitely uh unique and interesting and um a lot of people love it it's a it's a really well-designed axe and um i know he's happy to have his name on it as well so um really he could cool. probably speak a little bit better on it but yeah it's very unique looking um very different but obviously you know there's a there's a place for that a lot of a lot of people like something a little different you know it doesn't really look like your typical axe but it performs like it so it's kind of just a fun spin on on one of them Today's episode is brought to you by Sig Sauer, keeping you safe in and out of the field, but also keeping you in the field longer with Sig's lineup of cross rifles, optics, ammo, and more. Learn all about it at SigSauer.com. Also brought to you by Tinks, Dead Down Wind, Burris, Vapor Trail, Stokerized, Arizona Archery Enterprises, Apex Rewards, and Easton. Last year, Reveal by Tacticam quickly became the most sought-after scouting camera in America, making cellular scouting available to any hunter. We ask our users how we can make this outstanding camera even better, and this is our answer. Introducing the all-new Reveal X. Even easier setup, better battery life, faster trigger speed, on-demand HD photos, extended detection range. This season, find out what all the buzz is about. Get a new Reveal X by Tacticam. 
axes are another one of those tools that I carry in my toolkit and oh, it comes yeah. in super handy when um, you're prepping your tree stand. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, yeah. I use it on tree stand or in my, in my case, ground blinds that I'm popping up. Um, you're always having to trim those limbs and all that kind of stuff. And I don't, for some reason, I hate saws. I hate saws when it comes to cutting limbs. To me, it's just inefficient. Why? You want to go um, faster? Yeah, because I mean, I like I, I, I like that I like the axe, man. You can just whack it and and it's gone and get it out of your way and just move on. Um, yeah. So you guys, I mean, you truly got you do you guys truly have the the full setup for the hunting. There's um, a shovel too, Tim. So you yeah. got a bathroom out there. Do you guys do you guys <laughs> yeah. offer like a hunting kit at all, where it's like packaged we together do, at all, or no? We do not uh, yet within trade. So um, we have other cutlery brands within the building um so we have one an old timer that that does focus on hunting kits um and we are as trade focusing more on replaceable blades that's kind of how we make sure we're, we're not running into each other with our own brand so that's that's kind of the foundation that we laid a while ago that old timer would focus on um kits that you can carry in that you're going to have every um, tool that you would ever need and one folding kit that can go in your pack um, and then Strayed um, is focusing on replaceable blade knives to where you can do basically everything uh, minus, um, you know, cutting through, you know, big bones or anything like that. You can really do about anything with a replaceable blade knife. So yeah, kind of um, just to keep them a little separate. And a lot of these tools, uh, you know, we're talking about or could be actually used for camping as well. So I just want to point that out to all of our camping fans out there. Uh, the knives, the axes, of course, the shovel, uh, even they even have a, what they call a tough tool. Like a, it's almost like a multi-tool. There is some multi-tools on here, but um, just some other yeah. options, I mean, for, for throwing your kit, you know, at, at your camper. Oh, it is a multi-tool. I'm sorry. Yeah. Tough tool is a full multi-tool. <laughs> it's got a lot of stuff. Yeah. We kind of just break our, I guess the best way to um, help resonate with everyone would just explain um, our use cases that we've kind of lined out. So um, if you go under shop on trade.com, you'll see tasks. Um, when you see tasks, you'll see everyday carry, hunt, outdoor lifestyle, and servant work. So that's kind of how we laid everything out. Outdoor lifestyle is very campy. That's where you're going to see um, hatchets, shovels, machetes, um, bigger fixed blades that you would use for some uh, like bushcraft style stuff. Um, servant work, you'll see like a rescue hook. You'll see um, a replaceable utility blade you'll see um another replaceable utility blade actually in a different form and you'll see some bigger fixed blades and folders in there everyday carries a lot of like small sleek um knives you know that have pocket clips on them that you can throw in your pocket carry them every day use them um, and those are going to spread out from you know 24.99 to 249.99 then obviously we have the hunt section where um, that's what I love, obviously, as a hunter. Um, I became kind of an EDC guy uh, being in this position, which has been fun. That's not something I could have said a couple of years ago. I've always had <laughs> hunting knives, but now I've got to uh, branch out into the everyday carry. So I do enjoy uh, having a knife in the pocket at all times. No doubt. You'd be no surprised. Doubt. You start working. Yeah, you start working um, as a brand manager for a knife company. And there was like the first two weeks that I, I had done it, um, a, a random task would come up, whether I was at work or at home or something. And someone asked if I had a knife and I'd feel in my pockets. I'd be like, man, that's, I don't even have a knife. And I'm a 
you know, I'm running a couple knife companies. I got to start <laughs> carrying these things. So um, now I don't go anywhere without one. And I don't let people make fun of me anymore for not having one. So there you go. There you um, go. Well, my evolution always was, a use for it. My, my evolution was pretty similar in regards to starting off with the hunting knives and then kind of moving into the EDC um, scenario. But, but I, I do, I mean, my everyday now is, is that replaceable blade, that replaceable blade, like you said, um, it can do almost everything on, on, a, on a day-to-day yeah. basis. So that is uh, it's yeah. a, it's a great quality, uh, great quality knife for sure. For sure. Yeah. And you'll see on the Enrage page as well. Um, we have what we call our isolate, which is kind of a non-slip handle. That's, that's definitely aimed at hunting, but as you scroll down, you'll see some carbon fiber options. So to your point, um, that's kind of where we have the Phantom and the Strike. That's where we decided, hey, these replaceable blades are awesome for everyday carry. Um, you don't have to worry, you know, if someone were to have an expensive knife, they probably aren't going to want to be beating it up all the time, um, using and abusing it. If they have something pretty, they're going to want to keep it pretty, which is very understandable. So um, these are pretty, but the beautiful thing is, obviously, as you wear the blade out, you just pop another one and put it back on. So. Um, it kind of covers not only hunting but everyday carry. So if you if you were a hunter that also wanted a replaceable blade to, for everyday carry, you could buy the isolate for hunting, and then you could buy the phantom or the strike for everyday carry. And it kind of just gives you this um, premium look and feel to the replaceable blade knife market that hasn't been seen yet. Obviously, there's um, not, to my knowledge, I, unless one's come out very recently, there's not really any carbon fiber handled replaceable blade knife. So that's kind of just a fun spin on on the everyday carry and making it a little more luxurious for people. I have not seen one. So very good. So Zach, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about the, the, the mothership, right? Uh, obviously Shrade is an amazing brand and you guys are doing a great job, but it's not, it's only really one little piece of the pie of everything you guys are working on as a whole, as a major company, uh, American outdoor brands. Uh, and, and guys, I have to tell you, these guys are have a lot of the biggest brands you can imagine. And uh, I'm talking Cadwell, I'm talking Crimson Trays, I'm talking Bubba, and everybody's seen Bubba Knives. I know that. Bog, Old Timer, uh, Tipton. I mean, there's just so many on here. Are you guys, uh, I also see um, on your website, it shows Smith and Wesson and M&P. Are those, uh, are you guys both a part of that as well then? Yeah, so um, it's a it's a licensing agreement with, with Smith and Wesson. So, um we do a lot of stuff with them on the Smith and Wesson side. Nothing firearm related, obviously. It's all um, I more see like airsoft knives and backpacks and stuff. Yeah. I see, can we get um, airsoft? I like to I shoot him in the butt. <laughs> you you potentially could. I'll have to. I'll have to no, no, with, he uh, cannot. No, I want to have. I want to have wars at hunt camp with these airsoft and paint or paintball guns. Either way, Tim's how going dare down. you, Zach? <laughs> do not no, get no midday naps for you, Tim. Gonna have to sleep with one eye open at camp. He already does. <laughs> I already do, especially at hunt camp. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So, oh. I mean, uh, American outdoor brands, like you said, it's um, pretty unique in a sense. Just uh, kind of the the parent company for all of these these brands that you just laid out and mentioned. So, um, they kind of span across what we call our our brand lanes, which is um, harvester. Obviously, that's for hunting. Defender and Marksman is more of like the tactical and, and range stuff. Um, and then Adventurer is where Bubba finds itself. So it's kind of just fishing and like outdoor lifestyle stuff. So um, we've got 21 brands now, which is is pretty cool. 
Um, some have been acquired, some have been created in-house and launched um, in-house as well. So that's been fun to see, but it's it's really just kind of an all-encompassing company that loves the outdoors and um, loves to make products for it. There's a lot of passionate people that work here, and I definitely feel fortunate to work here and be around so many people that share the same interests as me. I always joke with people. Um, I went to college about 25 minutes. We're, we're in Columbia, Missouri. It's kind of just right in the center of Missouri, but I went to um, a college in Fulton, Missouri, which is about 20, 25 minutes away. And uh, all throughout high school, American Outdoor Brands wasn't a thing yet. <clears throat> and all throughout college, same thing until uh, I think my junior or senior year is when I, I drove up here and saw the building and was like, man, that'd be a cool place to work. But I always kind of joke with people. I never thought, you know, this would be an opportunity in Columbia just to be around so many people that share the same interests. So that's been a lot of fun. And then, um, yeah, I, you know, in college decided I was going to take an entry level position here and just, I guess, kind of bet on myself and hope that, you know, there would be some opportunity. And I, little did I know that, you know, it would happen so quickly. I've, I've been here for four years now and kind of went from order management where I was doing uh, manual order entry to um, a marketing coordinator where I was working with Jason uh, under Bog and Straight at the time as a coordinator to now um, running both Straight and Old Timer. So it's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's a really cool company to work for. Um, there's a lot of perks to it as well. Obviously, the um, some of the things that we get to do with uh, content and um, you know, whether it's like food plots or hanging stands or cameras or anything like that, it just, it's just a little more special to me because that's something I've always grown up loving to do and I never thought that I'd be able to work and do that. So that's that's been a, a huge benefit and uh, it's, it's just been a lot of fun, man. AOB is a great place and super fortunate to be here. I'll tell you one thing. Um, well, I got actually two questions for you, but the first one is just a statement. Um, if if you're if you're like Tim and you shoot a crossbow or you're a rifle uh, marksman or uh, you just want to shoot for fun or hunt with a rifle, um, I know this isn't about bog, but the bog death grip is unbelievable. Uh, oh, yeah. One of the best products I've ever used oh, yeah. in the field. It is. I mean, we use them in every hunt blind we can. Uh, we only have one of them, but we move it around for the kids, especially it literally will hold the crossbow for the child right in there or a person doesn't matter. I mean, just saying, but for the kid, it was like the best thing ever made, um, takes the weight off their arm, you know, allows them to really focus only on the deer. Um, but it looks like, uh, they launched a few new models this year. I just noticed, or maybe they did last year, but the, uh, Sherpa infinite and aluminum, no, it was a carbon and an aluminum, but that's pretty cool. Like just an FYI to people. Yeah. Just as a statement. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't, um, I, you know, I know we're here to, to speak on trade, but you know, I have a soft spot for bog. That's, that's where I started. Um, and you know, the, the initial death grip, like you said, I mean, for anyone without a doubt is it's the, the best on the market. I mean, it's unreal. You can't, you can't nothing beat the compares. price. Obviously there's literally people, people have tried. I mean, it's just so unique in a sense. And it's such a, such a great value proposition for what it is. I always tell people, um, you know, you work so hard to get that one shot and why would you not be steady when you're doing it? I mean, you got to make that thing count. So, um, and then you bring kids into it, man. And it's like, like you said, being hands-free, 
your gun's ready. You're not messing with the gun. You don't have to raise your gun up when the deer comes out. I mean, you're just, you're a hundred percent ready to go. And whenever that shot presents itself, it just, so even though yeah. it may be fractions of a second, you just, you, you have so much more time because everything's ready to go right there for you. And, um, and, and, and safety, you know, safety, about it. big time for yeah, safety. Yeah, Is the dad sitting there with my son with the crossbow, I can walk, look at his hands, know that it's on the, the death grip on the side, not the bow. And the, the bow ain't going to jump. It's locked in, you know, and I can watch just to make sure he's in a safe position. So that helps a lot mentally. And I don't have to worry about, oh, where's he, you know, looking back and forth, trying to figure it out. Um, the other question yeah. I had is in regards to, um, I know, I know there's a word for it. I don't know the word, but uh, for like cooking, like food, like actual cooking food knives. Is there any knives in the lineup of the whole brand itself that is made for like kitchen, like cook cutting stuff? Cultinary, I think it's called. Um, cutlery. Cutlery. Yeah. 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 So not within straight. I mean, there's really any fixed blade you can use without a problem. Um, however, obviously I know once you kind of get the meat off, you don't really want to be using the same knife that you're using to, to process. So um, within trade, there are not any culinary options, but we do have uh, between Bubba and Meat. Those are two of our other brands. Bubba is obviously fishing, um, and Meat is meat processing. Uh, both of those brands do have culinary um, kitchen set knives, which are awesome. I mean, they're really, really nice. I actually gave a set to my mom, and she was like, because I knew she'd use them. You know, she's always cooking and stuff. And um, she was like amazed. I mean, just how easy they cut she's like i can't believe that i've used you know cheap kitchen knives my whole life because these are just they cut <laughs> like butter They're like it just makes yeah. it so much easier so yeah not within trade but we do within um bubba and meat and the beautiful thing about um meat is that it's direct to consumer as well so um the the pricing on the kitchen knives for meat is is pretty stellar in my opinion yeah and with that brand real quick again and i know it's like a separate thing but with the brand meat, you guys are really pushing this idea of, you know, prepare, process, preserve, and you have in here um, amazing tools like slicers, uh, there's a dehydrator system, uh, grinding systems. Um, so this is pretty interesting, Tim, because I, I you know, I, I think about this a lot when it comes to processing your deer, right? So like you, you harvest this animal, you take it home and then what do you do with it? Right. And it's like, you could take it in. Right. But even after you take it in, you bring it back. It's not necessarily maybe like the jerky you want might want or whatever. Right. So this is an interesting concept that you could, you know, I, I've never really done this, but technically we could, you could cut the deer up yourself and use these products here to actually grind it into your own hamburger or whatever it is you want. So that's pretty cool that consumer, this stuff's yeah. affordable uh, for a consumer. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, so the backstory on meat, it, it kind of uh, just was an idea. Obviously, a lot of stuff that you see in meat processing is uh, maybe it's private label or just another company that's at retail. But um, even kind of before I started, it was just, you know, decided that there was an opportunity here and where it fell just kind of happened to be perfect um, unintentionally, but it, it ended up working out as we finally, you know, got some product here for the to kind of launch the the meat brand was right around when um, COVID was going rampant and processors weren't taking deer and they were, uh, more people were hunting. There were more deer at processors. Uh, processors were super backlogged. And, you know, that's kind of when meat came out and it was just this perfect storm of, um, 
these direct-to-consumer prices on some top-notch processing gear. And um, like you said, a lot of people have the question of, you know, as they um, as they continue to move forward and, you know, they get the meat back to the house, it's like, okay, well, what do we do now? You know, you can either take it somewhere and you can pay some money um, to get uh, different types of, of uh, meat made with the, the venison. You can do brats or summer sausage or jerky or whatever you want to do. Uh, but meat kind of allows you to just do that all on your own. And it's not um, super overwhelming either. There's a lot of informational videos on how to do uh, certain types of um, meat on the meat website, which is great. It's very informative. Um, but also, it, it's really just this all-encompassing brand that helps you um, uh, do literally anything you want. And I know a big selling point for me is like, hey, yeah, you, you look at this price on the website and maybe it's um, I, I'm probably going to be off because I don't work for me, but maybe it's like $700 for a grinder. And it's like, well, if you, you know, buy that grinder, you can make that money back uh, very quickly by not taking your stuff to the processor. And then, you know, you look at the slicer and it's like, well, um, maybe you could, maybe you are able to harvest a hog and you can slice some ham on your own, or uh, maybe you slice some turkey on your own. And it's like, um, this whole brand is just set up to where like any, any, um, equipment that you buy will pay for itself, which yeah. is very unique. And it, it starts um, at 120, it, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. 20 bucks for a grinder. I think, yeah. Up to 700. Yeah. I mean, there's the like. price point one. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of just like all the way from someone who may be doing, you know, a deer a year or something like that. There's levels um, of product for them. And then as you go up, it gets more com commercial grade um, to where, you know, if someone's really running an operation, they can do that as well if they, they were interested in that. Which To be to be clear, um, pretty I, I, awesome. the last year I processed was like, I honestly, I think, because I mixed it with, I had it mixed with some uh, with some beef, and I think I, and I had it all done in ground round. I'm pretty sure it came out to like $380. It was like a lot of money. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, oh. Like I, I didn't... <laughs> like how much yeah i was thinking like 250 so, bucks so yeah this is a great option yeah to kind of like you just said you can really make your money back pretty fast and if you're a person like us who generally harvests two deer a year uh yeah this would definitely be a lot cheaper and to be honest with you you know you're getting your deer back you know what i mean like you're not, you're I, was, not questioning I was just about to say that cleanliness yeah. or you know is this my deer is this the deer i actually shot you know so well we yeah, know it's like the, the original like 40 pounds of meat back you know <laughs> so guys <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna jump this other thing real quick guys because i think this is actually very interesting and, and zach i know you're a bow hunter so i think you're gonna love this information so uh, if you haven't seen yeah. it in the latest deer and deer hunting uh our friends over at bow hunter bow hunters united um so part of the ata bow hunters united they put out an advertisement inside here which is actually very informational i love it it says america has over 3.7 million licensed bow hunters and thousands of ata member archery pro shops and then it goes into a little bit more detail so i'm going to ask him a challenge both of you guys which state has the most bow hunters oh man i left that magazine downstairs um which state has the most mm. bow hunters licensed yep. bow hunters correct you know I, <laughs> I actually i actually would say michigan no what do you think Zach? uh i think i mean part of me wants to say missouri but i don't think that's true you know what just because i live 
Yeah. I can't say Kansas. No, I'm going to uh, say, you know, I, I'm going to change my name to Texas, not that many people live there. I'm going to change it to Texas. Gonna... Texas is a big state. Nope. Yeah, that's a good point. Dang it. Okay. Um, <laughs> let me go. Alabama. I'm thinking Alaska, North. Arizona, Arkansas. Singing my state song now. Am I thinking right if I'm thinking North? Northeast for sure. It's always Northeast. Midwest is where all the hunters are. It can't be PA. I bet it's probably Pennsylvania. No way. Or Ohio. It's Pennsylvania. Is it Pennsylvania? 331,000. Oh, 331,000 registered bow hunters. And then what do you guys think is like the top? You just give me the top couple. If you guys can think, try to think of a couple others. Michigan's on there. Michigan's uh, not the second. They're about the third or fourth. Texas on there at all? Ohio. Ohio's on there on the red, but they're only 172,000. So if you imagine 331 to 172. Texas is only 168. Wow. Now, this doesn't mean hunters. Wow. They might have more gun hunters. You know, this is specifically. No, I get country. it. I get it. Wisconsin, 307. Well, which I'm is just, huge. You know, I'm, I'm surprised about that PA thing because, you know, I thought they had a lot of time restrictions with bow hunting, right? I would have thought, and the reason why I said Michigan is because we have such a long season. I think PA that gives more, more hunters an opportunity to bow hunt, right? Um, so that's pretty interesting. Michigan's third with 305, basically okay. rounded up. All right, so we're up there. And then we're Missouri, Missouri's in the red. They're a 202, so they're pretty okay. high, too. They're that's higher than lot. Texas, higher yeah. than Oklahoma. Oh, New York's 244. I didn't see that. That's Who pretty... has the least? Oh, God. Looks like Hawaii. That makes sense. 1,300. 1,300. How many does California Oh, wow. Have? California has 8,600. 86. Thousand? No, eight thousand six hundred. Eight thousand six hundred. Yeah, that makes sense because yeah, Alaska is eleven thousand, which is weird. <laughs> Delaware's ten thousand. Nevada's three thousand. Wow, those are low numbers, man. Holy Rhode God. Island's two thousand three hundred. Wow. And uh well, Rhode Island's tiny, right? It makes sense. I drove through no Rhode Island last year in about an hour and a half. <laughs> oh so i get it what? now so then it also shows you how many pro shops they have that are registered with the ata and so pennsylvania's got 125 texas has 179 holy cow wow michigan's got 156 so here's my point midwest seems to hold the most bow hunters period you got michigan minnesota wisconsin ohio all those together are like the majority of bow yeah. hunters and then is, is this specific uh, the white tail by the way i'm assuming it doesn't say, but maybe. No. I don't know. It's pretty cool, though. It actually is very detailed. It goes through every state. It's pretty cool. Very cool. So, uh, Zach, what's your hunting looking like this year? What's your plan so far coming up? Well, um, I've got a new lease in uh, Columbia. So, it's it's well, I say that, but it was also just posted for sale the other day. So, I'm really hoping it it doesn't sell. I don't, yeah. I don't think it will, but <laughs> we'll see. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. I mean, I've, I grew up, you know, about a, hunting about an hour and a half North of Columbia. So for me to, you know, to get there, even when I was going in Fulton at um, school, it was, you know, at least an hour and a half for me to get up there and hunt. And I would do it a lot, which I just got a new truck yesterday, actually, thankfully. 
um because i ran up some miles doing that (laughs) you know driving up for one hunt and driving back after you know when you're driving oh yeah 70 plus miles man that that was something and i i did that for i mean really most of my life you know my dad would just before i was 16 my dad would do it when i turned 16 i had to start doing it which wasn't as fun but um you know, a lot of deer hunting. I'm only 15 minutes from the house now, so I'm I'm looking forward to doing some local hunting. I haven't got to do that in a while. Um, the previous place I was on sold as well. I think I've, I don't know if I'm cursed or what, but everything that I get permission to hunt or end up signing a lease on is like, uh, we're going to, we're going to post that. So hopefully, um, if I could make it through this season, that would be great. I mean, it's so close to the house. So I would, you know, like to um, really do a lot of whitetail hunting. And then I, I kind of transition, uh, to waterfowl. Um, I'm, I'm a pretty avid waterfowl hunter. I would say that's what, that's what I do the most of, um, just out of the convenience factor of, um, seems to be a little easier. Like you were just mentioned how many bow hunters are around here. There's definitely more gun hunters than bow hunters. So that's alarming. Um, but, you know, just, it's a lot more competitive when it comes to deer hunting. So it's a little harder to branch out and find some new places. Uh, whereas waterfowl, you know, you just have permission to a bunch of lakes and fields and all that stuff. And whenever the birds are there, you just go get on them. So, um, definitely going to start out doing a lot of bow hunting, uh, rifle hunt, and then hunt pretty hard after our rifle season, which wraps up in the third week of November. Um, and then, yeah, basically once bow season starts winding down and um I guess kind of right after rifle season is when I make that decision of like all right is it time to start waterfowl hunting yet you know are the birds here what's the deer hunting looking like what are the cameras looking like and I just kind of I do a little hybrid so I'll you know maybe bow hunt in the morning waterfowl hunt at night or vice versa um all the way through you know basically January I don't make it all the way to January 15th too much for bow season um it is nice that it's open that late here. And if, you know, cameras are telling me I should be there, then I will. Um, but I do transition to waterfowl and go after that pretty hard all the way through February. Um, yeah, it's, it seems to be like, this is the downtime when there's not a whole lot to do, um, unless you like to fish. Um, but it's kind of just a revolving door. Cause I'll go, uh, September 15th is when bow season starts here. So starting, that's really, starting early trying to get them on the ad while they're still on it october gets not slow but you got to know where they're at november obviously i mean that's the time where everyone wants to be hunting that's when the rut's going on um so you can you know obviously anything can happen um and then we kind of transition you know december to and uh it's kind of a mix of deer and waterfowl um all the way through till you know the end of february a uh, little bit of snow goose hunting in the spring and then shed hunting in the midst of that and then right into turkey season so it's kind of just a I don't think my girlfriend likes it too much but it's kind of like a <laughs> uh, never ending uh, from September to basically you know the end of May um, I do a little travel for turkey hunting too sometimes we'll go to Kansas uh, might end up going to Wisconsin this year so I just like to I like to branch out, man. I, I, uh, I really enjoy obviously spending time with some of my buddies that I've hunted with forever. And, um, I just kind of enjoy that idea, whether it's for deer, waterfowl, turkey, whatever, um, going to a new state, no history, 
really no idea of what deer are doing and just trying to figure it out or turkey or waterfowl. I mean, anything. I just, I, I like that aspect of it, of kind of being in some unfamiliar ground and trying to make something happen. I, I enjoy that a lot. I love it, man. I would replace waterfowl with a little bit of upland mixed in with some uh, ice fishing. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I know yeah, you guys probably don't, don't do much. You guys do, do you guys do, there's no, there's not a lot of ice fishing out there, is there? Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah no. We don't, we don't get ice like that. I, I know I've got yeah. a couple of buddies in, in Wisconsin who are just diehard uh, ice fishermen. It's pretty funny. I think the first time we went up there, they were like, yeah, we probably, you know, lose eight to 10 trucks and campers a year that get too far out on the main channel and the ice isn't thick enough. And I'm just looking at them like, you guys are crazy. Like, I love fish, but I don't know about that, man. I don't know about driving a truck and trailer out on some ice. That's uh, every year over by, I I live right off of Lake St. Clair uh, in in Michigan over here and see it every year. Um, And it's not just the the vehicles that are out. I mean, we see vehicles out there all the time. Um, but then, you know, the biggest thing is people that go out too far and then they hit a drift where the ice breaks away. And every year, no doubt, there is Coast Guard that has to go rescue somebody that uh, is drifting down the Detroit River <laughs> on, a, on a big sheet of uh, on a big sheet of ice. See ya. They were out too far and it broke. And Don't cross the line of Canada. So <laughs> yeah. anytime you want to go ice cow. fishing, let me know. <laughs> Don't cross hey, I'm, line. I'm not saying I'm too good for it. I would love I would love to do it. I'll just be more on the conservative side of how far out we're going and, you know, yeah. maybe we can find something. Well, I'll tell I you what, still, you still let me walk bank. first. If the ice can hold me, it can hold you. So you'll be okay. All right. <laughs> I'm good with that. But yeah, man, it looks like a lot of fun. They've got, they've got those huts and um, heated and, you know, it seems like more of a, uh, at least the people that I've seen do it, it seems like more of a, um, you know, drinking drinking party and you're doing some fishing on the side um which looks interesting but i would love to do it um looks like a lot of fun for sure yeah well if you like perch um it's an amazing time you get uh when you get you get in those schools of perch and i mean you you drop a line pick it up drop it and you just start hammering them and it is a good time and it's a it's a tasty treat i love love eating some perch for sure it's a big uh yeah it's like a it's kind of a good bridge too. I I would imagine up there when it gets when it's that cold. I mean, I can't imagine hunting would be. I know a lot of like waterfowl obviously moves out when it's that cold. Uh, I'm sure the deer herds probably, you know, trying to survive. Um, so that would be kind of a fun breakup, you know, when it gets real cold and go out and catch some fish and keep some food on the table. Good deal, man. Well, Zach, thanks for joining. It's been it's honestly it's been it's been one of the funnest conversations that we've had all season. Um, really appreciate you joining awesome. here. Well, and, info. Uh, you know, trade it's trade.com. Am I getting the website correct there? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. To check out trade knives um, and all their other brands uh, that, that they have as well. And uh, Zach, man, we got to have you back on to talk about those, some of those other brands, maybe in the future, a little bit more in depth, but uh, great stuff going on at trade got to check out that replaceable uh blade knife that they have the uh the enrage and uh thank you so much man we'll we'll have you back thank on you. soon we want to hear all your deer seasons going yeah absolutely looking forward to it uh thank you guys for having me and uh best of luck as you guys kind of move into into your archery season coming up i hope you guys have a uh i'd say a short season i hope it's a short one for you i hope everybody there you go out. tag out quick that's quickly. the goal
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.